I have a word from the Lord today. And I, I know I say that, and I, I do when I stand up here. But I especially feel today I have a word from the Lord for all of us. And that means me too. I wish everyone was here to hear this. Uh, maybe some folks are watching online. But this is for us. This is for High Point Church today. I've titled this sermon today, Step into the, Stepping into the Place Where God is Calling You. Stepping into the place where God is calling you. In the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis, we see the beginnings of what would eventually become the nation of Israel. In verse 27, we, we read about a man named Terah who lived in a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. Cool name, right? Terah had three sons, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And then in verse 31, we read that Terah, the dad, his son Abram, who would later be called Abraham, if I happen to say Abraham in place of Abram, they are the same person. His name just got officially changed down the road a little ways. Anyway, Abram, his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, and a few of the other family members left Ur and headed toward a land called Canaan. Great so far, right? So far so good. There's a word in the last sentence of verse 31 of Genesis chapter 11 that changes everything. The word but. It talks about how Terah took all his, his folks, all their stuff. They're headed for Canaan. And then in that last line, it says, but. They stopped at Haran and settled there. But they stopped in Haran and settled there. Although they left Ur to go to Canaan, they didn't make it. Instead, they stopped and settled in Haran. And they stayed there until Abram's father, Terah, died. We don't know how long they, they stayed or stopped. They don't, we don't know why they stopped and stayed at Haran. They could have decided that maybe Canaan was too far. It would require more effort than what they were willing to invest. It could have been that once they got to Haran, they felt comfortable. So why trade comfort for unknown? I'm okay here. Whatever the reason was, this is what we know for sure. When they settled in Haran, they also settled for less than what could have been. I believe there are a lot of times when even though we are headed in the right direction, we are following as God leads us. We get sidetracked, and we stop before we get to the place where God was leading us, and as a result, we end up settling for a lot less than what God has for us. I can tell you that I am excited about what God has done as well as what he is doing here at High Point Church. We are blessed. But as excited as I am for what he has done and what he is doing, I am not going to settle for what he has done, is doing, and as a result, miss out on what he is going to do. Y'all might as well say amen. I'm going to keep going. I am not going to settle 
for anything short of the vision that I know God has given me for this church. So I will press on. We will press on. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to press on. Thank you. You said it, so. Again, the Bible doesn't say how long they stayed in Haran. However, in verse 5 of the following chapter, it seems to indicate that they were there long enough to accumulate a lot of possessions and a lot of people. There's a lot of them. And even though things seem good, and they seem to have done well, though, their Haran was not the place where God wanted Abram to end up. Because there was more ahead for Abram than just being comfortable. There was a whole lot more at stake than Abram's comfort here. Before you say, well, I guess Pastor David is saying we should find another church. Just stop, okay? It's not what I'm saying at all. Hang on, we'll get to where I'm headed here in just a minute. Let's look a little further. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Wow, right? A lot of folks would read that and say, wow, for God to make a promise like that to Abraham or to Abram, he must have always have been a great man of God. Even while he and his family were living back among those idol-worshiping heathens back in the Ur of the Chaldeans. And actually, that wasn't the case at all. In Joshua 24.2, many, many years later, as Joshua is telling the Israelites the story of Abram, look at what he said. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. And that would indicate to me that when Abram was back in Ur, he and his family were some of those idol-worshipping heathens themselves. But it seems that something changed somewhere along the way. And in the 12th chapter of Genesis, we see that when God called Abram to leave this old life behind, he was obedient to God's call. When God said, that's the past, that's the future, Abram said, I'm leaving that behind and I'm going where God called me. Since Abram was 75 years old at the time, these promises of God might have seemed at best far-reaching and at the worst, maybe even a bit impossible. But God made it clear, be obedient, do what I'm calling you to do, and you and your descendants will change the course of the human race. All of human history will change if you're obedient to what I say do. And as great as these promises sounded, it meant Abram would have to, to leave everything that was dear to him, most of his family, the land they owned, and still, in spite of the cost, Abram was obedient because neither where he came from or where he was held for him anything close of what was ahead of him in the calling and the promises of God. There are too many folks today who hold on to what they have. They hold on to their past. They hold on to everything where they've been. And because of that, God cannot do what he wants to do in their life as they move forward because they're not willing to move forward. 
They're comfortable. They have settled. Just as we see here with Abram, we need to forget about where we have been, what we have done in the past, and realize that God has called each of us to so much more. Don't let your past define your future. Don't let what other people have done to you and around you define your future. God is calling us as individuals. He is calling us as a church to move forward, and we are and will continue to do just that. But we will only accomplish it if we work together as God has called us. Only way it's going to happen. In return for Abram's obedience, God made him seven promises. First of all, we saw God promise to make Abram's descendants a great nation. We know historically and biblically that happened. Israel is still a great nation today. Number two, God promised that he would bless Abram. We know that through other passages in the Bible that Abram became quite wealthy. And the underlining meaning, meaning here was that God would give Abram and his descendants the ability to flourish and to be successful as God's servants no matter where they went. As long as you're obedient, I will bless you. Number three, God promised to make Abram famous. Well, that certainly happened. He's famous among the Jews. He's famous among Christians. He's famous among the Muslims. Since he was the father of Isaac, the father of Jacob, who was the father of 12 sons, who represented the 12 tribes of Israel, Abram is the patriarch of the Jewish religion. Since Jesus was a direct descendant of Abram, he is also a patriarch among Christians. Since Abram was the father of Ishmael, from whom the Arabs descended, even Muslims refer to him as Father Abraham. So exactly what God said, that he would make him famous, it happened. The other promises were this. God would make Abram a blessing to others. God would bless anyone who blessed Abram. God would also curse anyone that cursed Abram. And all the families of the earth would be blessed through Abram. As serious a set of promises as that is, what's even greater is that we see historically that every one of these promises have been kept. When God makes a promise, when he says, if you will do this, I will do this, one thing you can count on, he will do his part. Let's go on. Genesis 12, 4 says, So Abram went. So Abram went. God said go. He and his family went in spite of the obvious negatives. There were some important components in the phrase, so Abram went. When God called Abram, not only did Abram not know where Canaan was, keep in mind, he didn't know where Canaan was. He knew it was that way, but he didn't have a map. He didn't have a GPS. Abram did not know where Canaan was. He had no idea how to get there. God said, I'll lead you there. He had no idea what he would find when he got there. He couldn't Google it and say, well, what's all is in Canaan? Places you like near in Canaan. No, there was nothing like that. God said, go, I'll lead you there, and when you get there, I'll bless you. He had no idea who was going to be there, but he went anyway. All of these unknowns, and Abram said, okay, I'll be obedient. I'm sure there were days when it was not only one day at a time. There were probably days for Abram and his family when it was one step at a time. 
I think far too many times we want God to tell us all the details of how it's going to work out before we step out. Let me say that again. Far, many far too many times we want God to tell us all of the details of how it's going to work out before we step out. That's not faith. That is not faith. In fact, this is faith, Hebrews 11.8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. This is the important part. He went without knowing where he was going. I ain't doing that. I'll do anything you want to, God. I just like a contract. You spell it all out, how it's going to work out. I'll look it over. I'll have my people look it over. We'll sign it, and then we're good. No, he went without knowing where he was going. What is that? That is faith. And there will be times in your life in order to get to the place where God is calling you, in order for us to accomplish what God is calling us to do as a church, we will have to step out without knowing where we're going. I'm not saying just be crazy and do stupid stuff. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if God says it, I'm going to believe it enough to do it. All through the Bible, we see example after example of God saying for people to do things that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And yet when they did them, God always came through and did what he said he would do. And I can stop right there and preach a minute, but we're going to move on. I can safely say that everyone who is truly born again, who has truly made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, has a calling on their life. Now, when I say calling, it might not be to a pulpit ministry. It might not be to a ministry in the, the worship team. It might not be a calling to be the pastor of High Point Church because that would be very awkward if everybody was called to be the pastor. But then again, at some point, that might be your calling. So while I can't stand here today and tell you, everyone here today, what your calling is, let me assure you that whatever your calling is, number one, it is valuable, it is important, and it is necessary for the local church, and it is necessary for the gospel to be spread in our community and around the world. That is your calling. I'm not talking about mine. I'm talking about yours. So whatever your calling is, whether it's to be the next pastor of High Point Church, whether it's to be the next person to clean the bathrooms at High Point Church, whether it's to be the next person to run the vacuum cleaner at High Point Church, the next person who works in parking lot ministry, the next person who says, I'll spend an hour a day praying for my pastor and my brothers and sisters at High Point Church, whatever your ministry calling is, be assured that your calling is important. So do it with all your heart, remembering that we will not get anywhere if we never start. Remember, Hebrews 11.8 said, Abram obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Have you ever been sitting with a bunch of people and you think, well, well, let's go out to dinner. 
Where do you want to go? I don't know where you want to go. Oh, I don't care. Well, they do care. They're just not saying it. And so you sit there and you finally talk so long that so much time has passed that you end up not going anywhere. You know why? Because nobody went. Nobody said, well, this is where I'm going. Y'all can sit here and talk all you want. I'm going. And I think that's probably what Abram did. I believe at some point he said, God called me. He told all the folks, all the people, said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to Canaan. God told me. I don't know where it is. No, you in the back. Stop. I don't know where it is. But we're going anyway. And there were some folks that said, I ain't going. And you know what? They got left behind. You know what they didn't get? The blessings of being in Canaan. And we'll move on. As many of folks have learned in life, living by faith can be a difficult thing. I'm not saying it's easy. Sometimes we see the situation and it seems overwhelming, and we cannot see how God is going to come through, and yet he always does. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean that God isn't working. I can assure you that from Haran, Abram could not see Canaan. He could have got to the highest mountain that he could find in Haran and look as far as he could. And he could not see Canaan from where he was, but he went anyway. On one, more than one occasion, I have caught myself praying, God, I will trust you with whatever you place in front of me. I will, do wherever, I will go wherever you lead me to go. I will say whatever you have me to say. Sounds good so far, right? And then too many times I followed up with, so just show me how you're going to do it and we'll be good. And that's not what God has called us to do. Abraham went without knowing where he was going. Abram and his family had no idea where they were headed. Instead, they just believed that God would lead them and that he would bless them just as he said he would. Now, I'm not saying we don't plan. As y'all, any of y'all that know me know I'm a planner. I have three backup plans to every backup plan. I'm not saying we don't plan as we go forward. I'm saying we step out on faith and go forward. And we plan the best we can, but more than planning, we trust God. Because if we can't trust God, who are we trusting in ourselves? And in ourselves? I'm not big enough to trust in my own self. Paul, in writing, in writing to the church at Corinth, said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we live by faith, not by sight. Be assured, you're not the first person to ever wonder, God, are you sure? Do you really have a plan for all this that's going on? Where exactly are you leading me? Obviously, the people in Paul's day were feeling the same way. And that's why he reminded them that it wasn't about what they saw, it was about who their faith was in that mattered. And we too today live by faith, not by sight. Oswald Chambers said, Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves the one who is leading. It is a life of faith, not of intellect and reason, but a life of knowing who makes us go. 
Look at it this way. If we had all the directions and answers up front, there would be no need for faith. Well, pastor, you're, you're a pastor. That's easy for you. Ain't no different for me. But I can tell you that there will be times when we will have to step out in faith. Yes, we pray about it. We make sure that we're following the leading of the Spirit. We make sure that we, we know that we are headed in the direction that God is leading us. And then when we know those things, we stop second-guessing God and we go and we do what he's calling us to do. There are a lot of new and exciting things going on in and around High Point Church. And although I say that, there are still days when I get that concerned look on my face. That would be this look. Ruthie's seen it. Some of y'all have seen it. And there are days when my faith is stronger than it is on other days. But here's what I know. I know without a doubt that I am right where I'm supposed to be. I know without a doubt that we as a church are heading in the direction we should be heading. And still, there are times I have to stop and say, uh, God, what's going on here? Because I really don't understand this. As hard or as uncomfortable as it might be, what God really wants from us is when he says to do something, we just do it. Too many times we sit around doing very little or maybe even nothing because we say we're waiting for God to call us to do something when he's already given us something to do. We just didn't want to do it. So whatever it is that God is leading you to do in ministry at High Point Church right now, here's what I would tell you. Just do it. Sorry, Nike. A lot of times I think the reason we spend so much time waiting is because we're not really thrilled about whatever it is that God has already given us to do. We say we're waiting on a move of God, and all the while he is just waiting for us to do what he has already told us to do. So again, I would say just do it. If God leads us to witness to somebody, then just witness to him. If he leads us to stop wherever we are and just pray with someone, then just pray with them. Rick and I were at lunch the other day. And the waiter came up and he brought our food. And Rick said, we're getting ready to pray for this food. Anything in particular we can pray for you about? Young man about 23 years old. He stood there for a minute and he said, Could you pray for my grandpa? Rick said, absolutely, we'll pray for your grandpa. And we did. He came back a few minutes later, and Rick said, so what's going on with your grandpa? And he told us. He said, I really appreciate y'all praying for me. He said, in all my life, I've only had two people pray for me, offer to pray for me. I say that because if, if God leads you to pray with somebody or pray for somebody, then pray with them. It doesn't matter where you are. We were in the middle of a restaurant. 
It didn't matter. It touched this young man's heart. Whatever it is that God calls us to do, we need to just do it. Become an altar worker. Teach a Sunday school class. Work in the nursery. Help with the Sunday morning breakfast. Help with the maintenance and cleaning around the church. Be an usher. Be part of the parking lot ministry. Be involved in women's ministry. Be involved in men's ministry. Be, in, be involved in Wednesday night youth ministry. And someone's saying, oh, hold on. I didn't know we had some of those things. Well, you know what? There's a couple of them we don't have. But if somebody doesn't step out when God calls them, that's what we'll always have. We won't have them. At some point, we have to step out and do it. Yeah, but we only have this. It doesn't matter. If someone doesn't follow the call to step out, it'll just stay that way. Again, let me emphasize that being used of God doesn't require us to be in the pulpit. Don't be afraid to say, God, lead me in the way of ministry that, that you want me to go because you're afraid he'll tell you to stand here and preach on Sunday morning. He might, but there's a whole lot of other places he can call you to. We need to realize there are a lot more ministries in church than those that involve preaching, teaching, and singing. Think about it this way. Stay with me here. The only thing that God told Abram to do was to pack up his stuff and do what he said to do and go where he said to go. That doesn't sound very spiritual at all, does it? He didn't say, Abram, go buy a big tent and travel around the country and do tent revivals. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but it wasn't what God called him to do. What God called Abram to do seemed to be a simple task. But look at the blessings that it has brought, not just to Abram, but to the entire world for all of history. Obedience. Let me be clear here, and then please listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I am not talking about anybody moving to another church. No. I am instead talking about moving from where we are, out of our comfort zone, and into the place where God is calling us to be in ministry here at High Point Church. So that we as a church can accomplish what God has called us as a church to accomplish. And I assure you, we aren't there yet. And again, there's always going to be people, well, people say, well, I'm just waiting for God to move. Mark Batterson in his book, Wild Goose Chase, said this. He said, the primary reason most of us don't see God moving is simply because we aren't moving. If you want to see God move, you need to make a move. I've used this analogy before, but since it applies here as well, and I really like it a lot, I'm going to use it yet again. There are certainly times when we wait on the Lord, but we cannot use I'm waiting on the Lord as an excuse to do nothing. Again, it's like those times when you just really don't want to wash the dinner, dinner dishes, dishes. So you pile them in the sink and say, I'm just going to let them soak overnight. There might be a certain amount of truth in that, but it's not the real reason, or at least not the complete reason as to why you put the dishes in the sink. 
Often the real reason is you just don't want to do the dishes right now. And let me add with relation to what we're talking about here today. It might also be that you're hoping somebody else will come along in the meantime and wash the dishes. Y'all know where I'm going there. Lord, give me a ministry. Okay, here's your ministry. Lord, I don't like that one. I'm going to pray for a ministry, and I'm going to wait right here faithfully until you give me a ministry. When that one's right there, and we're just going to let it soak and hope somebody else comes along and picks it up and does it. That's not what we do, folks. When God says go, we go. I have absolutely ruined that excuse forever. Here's what I I will tell you. I truly believe that if Abram had waited for some fantastic sign from God before he started for Canaan, he would have died in Haran as an idol-worshiping heathen. And not the father of Israel. Genesis 12.8 tells us that at some point when Abram and his family reached Canaan, they pitched tents to live in. And we might think, well, you know, they were traveling for however many months, so they were living in tents, so they put these tents up to live in until they built a big house. That wasn't the case. According to Hebrews 11.9, Abram, his family, and at least the next two generations of of his family lived in tents as well. Before we say, well, what's the big deal with that? Didn't everybody live in a tent back then? Actually, no. In fact, to put this in perspective... Let's look at living in a tent in Canaan as compared to Ur, the place where Abram grew up. History tells us that the city of Ur, where Abram grew up, was very modern for its time. It was a city of at least 300,000 people. It had walls around it that averaged 30 feet tall. It was a thriving center of culture and commerce, Excavations have revealed elaborate temple buildings. Several of the homes that were excavated were two stories tall and contained the very best comforts that were available in the ancient world. And here he was living in a tent. Because we know on the other hand, when Abram arrived in in Canaan, the land was thinly populated by a variety of people who had descended from Canaan, the grandson of Noah. Canaan was nothing like Ur, where Abram had grown up. These people were nomads. They, too, lived in tents, and they moved around throughout the mountains and the valleys. And I mention that because this would be another one of those times when it would have been real easy for Abram to say to God, really, you brought me here? This is the place you promised? A tent? A tent? But that's not what Abram did. And I will tell you that no matter what the challenges are that we may meet, when we choose to obey God's call, there will never be lasting regrets when we are obedient. Why? Because God's faithfulness will prevail in our lives every time we trust his leadership. 
In fact, when counting the cost of following God, we can be assured that any sacrifices, whether they're real or imagined, will ultimately be eclipsed by the blessing of his love for us, both in this life and beyond. For example, turning away from destructive habits to follow God's call will lead to freedom. It will lead to peace and often literally add years to our lives. Letting go of some of our most prized possessions in this earth to follow Christ carries with it a promise of eternal life and often physical and financial blessings that we could have never imagined. As we turn our hearts to follow the leading of God's Spirit, we are set, fear, set free from the fear of other people's opinions. We don't have to worry about what other people say. If Abram would have worried about what everybody was saying, he would have never left Haran. But when we are following the leading of the Spirit, we don't have to worry about what people say. And we become courageous vessels for carrying the gospel and for speaking truth and finding our delight in God's approval for our lives. And I will tell you, these are just a few of many ways that God calls us to follow him into the blessing of his presence as well as the blessing of his promises. No matter what it is that God calls us to do, whether it is to step into a different place of ministry, to become bold through his spirit, to abandon sin, to let go of something that we cherish or some other challenge, when we answer as Abram did, God will faithfully lead us into the promised blessing that he has in store for us. He cannot fail. If he says it, he's going to do it. Living by faith means continually taking risk, stepping out of the familiar into the unfamiliar. And I will tell you, that's not something I do easily. Abram, no doubt, thought about the implications of following and obeying God. I'm sure he thought about all the unknowns and the negatives of leaving a place where he was comfortable. But he left anyway. He stepped out of the comfortable place to step into where God wanted him to be and to step into the blessings that God had for him. We can learn from Abram what the correct response is when God calls us. And actually, it's kind of simple. We need to recognize his call and willingly step out, no matter what the consequences, knowing that God will be there every step of the journey. Either we trust God or we don't. That's really what it comes down to. Sounds pretty simple, right? But I will tell you that everything that God has promised us starts with us saying yes. John Maxwell said, all of the, all of the possibilities are on the other side of yes. You have to have a yes mindset to get to greatness. That is great advice in every part of our lives, but especially when it comes to spiritual things. If we truly trust God, when he calls us, we will say yes. Accomplishing great things for the kingdom of God will always begin with yes.
We need to keep in mind that just because we're following God, it doesn't mean that there won't be some obstacles along the way. If you read through the journey of Abram's journey to Canaan, you will see that even though he was obedient and headed to where God told him to go, there were still some challenges. There was probably some family issues. Probably had a few flat tires on the camel. Probably some sickness along the way. Without a doubt, there were some times of being uncomfortable. After all, they were crossing the desert. But as long as they stayed on track, God was with him. Well, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought once I was following God and I was being obedient, all the problems went away. Nope. But I'll tell you this. In spite of any problems or difficulties you might encounter along the way, the promise will remain the same. And the promise will remain steady. And God's promise is, if you are obedient, I will lead you to the place where I need you to be. And if you will go to the place where I need you to be, you will be blessed. Abram made it to Canaan just like God promised. And every promise that is found in Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3. Every one of them was fulfilled, and every one of them are still true today. And I'll close with this. I don't know what God is calling you to do today. If you've never made a start to come to Christ, it's very likely that he's calling you to repentance, that he is calling you to trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. If you've been living for God for years, it could be any number of things. One thing I know that he is calling all of us to do is to come to a place of complete commitment to him. A place where we are willing to say yes to whatever it is that he calls us to do. If you are here today and would like to pray, this altar is open. If you need prayer, and if you'd come to the front, we'll be glad to pray and believe with you for healing or whatever it is that you need to hear from God for. No matter what you need today, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, this altar is a good place to start. Would you make that step today? Would you stand? Would you stand? Tis so sweet.